God of Ages, you bring life and light. Bring those today. Amen. Long ago, in what seems like lifetimes ago, I used to go on relaxing vacations. And not just like regular relaxing, because I'm good at relaxing, but this is like Olympic quality relaxing, because I would go to all-inclusive resorts. No, nobody here knows what I'm talking about. Everybody's too good for all-inclusive. Well, I was not. And all-inclusives are the kinds of vacations where all you have to worry about is getting to and from the hotel to the airport. It's the best. And about some years ago, before we had kids, my husband and I decided to do something crazy. Instead of staying for the standard seven days, we were going to stay for 10 days. And the logic here is very simple. You, you write 13 years old appreciate this. If seven days at an all-inclusive are great, 10 days must be better. Perfect logic. So here's how it went. I'll give you a short summary. Day one, woohoo, I can stay here forever. Day three, yeah, I can stay here forever. Day five, halfway through the vacation already, it feels like we just got here. Day seven, so glad we're not going home today. Day eight, oh, I'm bored. <laughs> There's nothing to do but eat, drink, and play at the beach. Day 10, thank goodness we're finally leaving. What? I kid you not, the one and only time I tried to extend the standard week-long stay at an all-inclusive, and this is what happened, because it turns out that indulgence has an expiration date. Who would have known, not me obviously, that I would have gotten bored being taken care of? Who would have guessed that things that made me so happy one minute, one day, would so quick and easily lose its sparkle? I don't know why I was surprised, because I was. Because I've been listening to the words of Jesus my whole life. And while Jesus never stayed at or talked about all-inclusive resorts, Jesus talked a lot about what makes a life good. And surprisingly, you know what he never recommends? Running away from reality and living a blissful, worry-free existence. And now I know why. Because it doesn't work. Jesus is always pointing us to something more. More than just seeking comfort, more than just money, more than just following our bliss. And I know I'm just talking about a silly vacation, but I bet everyone in here has the equivalent to a silly vacation story of their own. Of a time where you expected the happy, feel-good feelings to last longer than they did. And what was the letdown like when you realized, poof, the happy just disappeared? Were you surprised? Sad? Angry? Validated? 
We all have a relationship to happy. We live in a culture that is telling us to always be happy. We all seek to be happy. I know I do. I, I love being happy. Let the record show. And seriously, if I had to feel only one emotion for the rest of my life, I'd choose happy. Because I'm no fool. Being happy is awesome. And I don't want to be happy alone. I'm not selfish. I want you to be happy. And 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 I, want, I want everyone in here to be happy. And that's why I'm here to share a little secret. To live a life full of possibilities for happiness, we gotta look for something more than happy. We gotta look for something better than happy. It's time to look somewhere we might not have seriously considered before. It's time to look at God. It's time to look for God. In this morning's gospel passage, we are taught this awesome image of Jesus' way of being in the world. It's a scene of such love and tenderness. Jesus' friends are back at work, fishing, having no luck. And Jesus shows up and all the luck changes. And they go from not catching any fish to an overwhelming catch. And how does Jesus respond after making their day? He could have just been like, woo But no, Jesus just turns around and starts a fire, gets back to business. And what's the business? Making everyone breakfast. The man who has come back from the dead, who could be anywhere, who could be doing anything, who understands more about the nature of the universe than anyone in that scene. <laughs> he just goes and finds his friends. He wants to be with them, assists in their responsibilities, and then makes them breakfast. This is a resurrected life. It's not ordinary. It is magnificent. It is simple. It is loving. It is being in relationship. I have no idea what Jesus' motives were for coming to his friends. And anyone who tells you they do is lying. But I get the sense that Jesus came and found his friends for no more profound reason other than because he wanted to see them. He wanted to be near them to hear their voices, to exchange jokes. He wanted to help them in their daily lives. And then he wanted to make a meal for them one last time. <clears throat> the wild, incredible claim of our faith, the thing that we hope and trust, is that the same Jesus who wanted to be close to his friends that morning on the beach is seeking to be close to each and every one of you. Great is the mystery of faith. It is, it's great, it's mystery, it's crazy, it's wild, I know. But we need wild stories. This story matters because we need help to know what is good, what is beautiful, what is worthy of our admiration. This story of a God helping friends and cooking breakfast conveys a depth of purpose a depth of kindness and honesty about the divine that has inspired generations. 
We get this scene at the beach because it's something we know. We've all had a sandwich handed to us on the beach, and it's awesome. That's what the resurrected Christ is doing. It's familiar and yet otherworldly at the exact same time. <clears throat> In one of his most recent books, theologian Andrew Root writes, contrary to popular belief, happiness is no natural steady state for it has no ability inherent in itself to deliver a meaning that matches the depth of the human spirit. At that phrase, I was stopped in my tracks. The depth of the human spirit. I've never considered how deep my spirit is. But it makes sense. The human spirit is deeper, wilder, and more expansive than anything we've been taught. It will not be appeased with simple gadgets, nor accomplishments even. Our bodies are made of stardust, and we are friends with a resurrected man who lived 2,000 years ago. And more than our brains, our souls know this. We live in a world where happiness is the aim, and our teachers, the ones who know how to get there, are celebrities. Am I right? My sister is trying to get me on TikTok, this is for you guys, and I don't know how to download the app or whatever, it's a whole thing. But everything she's telling me is like, the secrets to happiness are on TikTok. Turns out, probably not. <laughs> Andrew goes on to say, we live in a world where celebrities are the sages of happiness in our age. And though we know that few of them escape narcissism or depression, only the ones who find a higher moral horizon, like the truth of art or family or religion, we still make them our role models. They are models of those living a good life. They've reached the moral horizon of happiness. But friends, we just talked about it. This is not what the human spirit needs or craves. The human spirit is wise. She wants something more. Rather than just mere happiness, she yearns, he yearns, they learn for an ecstatic, transcendent horizon that pulls us out of ourselves and gives us true meaning. A transcendent horizon something to yearn and work for that ultimately won't disappoint once it arrives. That's what Jesus provided on that shore cooking breakfast for his friends long ago. And that's what he offers to us today. A horizon full of love, purpose, and kindness that very might likely results in happiness. But more than that, it will inspire and carry us through the times when we are happy and the times when we are sad and the times when we feel everything else in between. And it's good. It is really good. And for that, I give thanks to God today. Amen.